Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 428. My name is Brando. Welcome to the podcast again, Mr. Big Chris Flores. How are you, sir? I'm good, Brando. Good to see you again, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. I think the, actually, I shouldn't say I think. I did bring it up because I don't remember what episode I'm doing. Uh, we spoke a couple years ago, uh, yeah. episode 267. Wow. 200, 200 episodes ago, almost. Wow. I spoke to your son more recently, I guess, because he was on uh, with, uh, yeah, Noah. with Noah Wyland. Yeah, man. They're doing some good stuff, man. Their videos coming out really good. Noah's doing some really good writing. Had him in here, did a few songs with him. So got some like pop punk thing going on. He's he's really he's coming up, man. He's gonna he's gonna be hitting the scene hard. Great kids, great kids. I can't wait to see. It's so funny because I'm I'm only forty, I guess. I know you're. I don't know. You're forty. Let's just say you're forty-one. I don't know. <laughs> I know you. Okay, and I'm fifty-three. I know. I was trying to be nice to you. Ah, I don't care, man. But they're. <laughs> They're younger, and I guess I have that older brother thing with them. And I think I told them that, and I just can't wait to see what they grow up to become. You know, with my son being twenty-one years old, you know that whole era. I've watched him grow up, and just all the music that's going through his uh, through his pot through his uh, stereo. And I mean, and I'm just like, wow, how do they do that? How do they do that? And I'm just staring. So I've learned a lot of production style from these from these young younger producers, man. He's on my son, and no, they're always telling me, hey, that's good. Yeah, you should listen to something like this, you know? So I learn a lot from the kids. <laughs> I will say this, and shout out to, to Sage. He gave me Sage advice on YouTube with creating those shorts, those 60-second videos. Yeah. Night and day, what that has done for my pages and my attention. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, man. Wow, wow. So anyway, this is uh, going to be a big big episode with big chris if you want to go back and learn about his story his journey i highly recommend going back to episode 267 but here we're going to talk about two specific projects that you worked on coming up later i mean if you read it in the bio i'm I'm sure by the time i'm putting this out i've already uh announced it on social media you because last time you gave us a clip of an unreleased song with chester bennington and slash one minute uh-huh. of the song crazy correct, and correct. we learned and you told us that uh i think chester was tied to lincoln park at the time so they didn't want him on slash's album at that time yeah. and yeah a lot of stuff went down mm-hmm. and then that would eventually become dr alibi with, yep. with with lemmy so completely different uh Wait. Yeah. you were going through i don't even know how you you found it you were going through your files and you're like you forgot about it right yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, we did it in um, 2013. Um, slash, you know, we were we, we we had just got done scoring a movie, and um, Slash says, "Yeah, you want to go on and start doing the album?" And I was like, "Of course, <laughs> of course." So, um, so he came. We just laid down this, these all these all these tracks, and Chester came. He's like, "I'm going to have Chester come over, and um, and 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 do a demo." And I was like, "Cool." Just, 
So he came over, he did he went about an hour there and, and tracked the, the demo and, and left. And next thing you know, he's like, oh man, we can't use it. And I was like, what? <laughs> you can't use it? So yeah, because they were doing their album. So um, so we ended up having to scratch, shelve that. And then it got kind of just lost in the matrix all those years. And I was going through a few years ago, looking, just getting rid of files that I didn't need. And I came across demo fast number 15 and i was like wow what was that one and i clicked on it and i was like open it up and there there it was and i was like fuck dude demo. so i called slash i'm like slash dude you remember this one and i played it over the phone and he's like oh wow and i was like dude can we should reproduce this man and, make, and he's like hey just chill out relax relax let me let me get a hold of his wife let me send it over to her and so, so we sent it over to Tylinda and she just wanted to release it as it was, which was just me playing the drums on the keyboards and Slash playing the bass. And so, you know, I was like, no, please. <laughs> a little while reproducing it a little bit, you know, program drums again and me playing bass, but still um, nothing ever happened with it. Just sat there for another year and a half. And so I was like, well, let me just get some live drums and some live, some other real bass player on it. And, at least finish it. So uh, I ended up sending the the track to Matt Starr, a uh, drummer. He does Aerosmith and Mr. Big, and he was perfect for it. So I sent it to him. He laid his drums on it. He killed it, and um, and he knew Doug Pinnock. So he sent Doug the the track and from Doug King's Pinnock X. from King's X, correct? And uh, he killed it, man. He's got a killer tone, killer bass. So um, yeah, it just came. It just came together, and now I've been sitting on it for another year and a half. And um, so now, what, 15, to what, 13, 20, 10 years? <laughs> wow. And, and, just, and just curious, because I'm normally terrible at dates, so I'm not one to to, to question. Because it was 2013. Didn't Slash's solo album come out in 2010? Correct. Never mind. Hold on. Yeah, it was 2010. It was 2010 that we did it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just yeah, yeah, I'm terrible. So that's third. Yeah, I'm terrible. Okay. Because I'm lucky I know what day it is. So I'm totally yeah. shocked. I, but I think because I've just been so focused on that album, and so I know it's uh, uh, 2010. I'm taking the three from 23 and added an over there to that 10. <laughs> gotcha. So we are going to debut, and this is going to be the only place you can hear it, is on this podcast yes. uh, at the end of the episode, and. If you're not a listener of this podcast, you'd be, be like, shut up already. I want to hear the song. I put a timestamp at the bottom for that song so you can listen to it. Then I highly recommend you come back to the conversation. We talk more about it. And again, we're going to go into Lynch Mob. We're going to have an insane conversation about uh, just how the song came to be and, and why we're releasing it uh, this way. And just talk fondly of Chester, who we both miss uh, dearly. I know you knew personally. Uh, for me, just as a fan... Uh, he had a, a tremendous impact on my life, so we'll, we'll get into that. And, and also, just because it's, I'm a very active person on social media, I always say the conversation continues in between the broadcasts. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. I'm not going to go into detail with it. This is a conversation for another podcast, but Guns N' Roses is being sued by their ex-photographer, Kat, uh, for copyright infringement and sexual harassment to uh, GNR's manager, Fernando. It's going to, I guess, go to court. We'll see what happens. Wow. I'm just going to leave it to the courts. You know, I, I don't want to go into any opinion or speculation right now. This is not the time, but I just want to acknowledge I'm aware of it. <laughs> I'm aware of it. So we'll save that for a future conversation. Uh, anywho, 
Let's go. Because w- what was great is when you reached out to me, because even though it's been a few years since you've been on the podcast, you're one of those guests that I become, I, I enjoy having to be, have some sort of relationship after, even though it's like primarily Instagram. We see each other. You inbox me saying you love seeing my kid. You talk about your grandson. I, I love that. So we've had some sort of conversations in between. So it's, it's been nice. And, uh, Pretty much the same age, aren't they? What's how old is your son? Uh, Harrison Rex, baby Brownstone, will be seven months. Um, I think next week in like a week and a half. So he's like six and a half months, basically. Yeah, mine's nine months. Grayson Everett. What's a big name to live up to? We have those are two solid names, Grayson Everett Grayson and Harrison Rex. <laughs> Whoa, they're gonna be in a band together. That's, oh man. Tell that, me about it. <laughs> that's destiny, and it, perhaps we'll get a uh, an appearance from Baby Brownstone later on in the. Oh, in the, in you're gonna the, get an appearance from Baby Brown. I'm gonna get Everett. <laughs> you know, it was great though. I was making the video, or I should say, the person who makes my video intro and my graphics, everything that just looks so friggin' awesome and inspired is uh, I was life. My friend G from Scotland, who's just a listener of the podcast and we've another someone else I've become friendly with over the years, uh, over, over the interwebs. He, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You had to get a guitar. Okay. So oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can take over. Don't worry. So uh, <laughs> this is great. Big Chris gets guitars delivered to him. Badass in his yeah. rehab studios. Look, you just got to hand the guitar off the air. That's so awesome. Oh, yes, dude. What kind of guitar is that? It's a sawtooth guitar. They're 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 uh, American made, and obviously it looks like a Les Paul. Yeah, but it's definitely got its own tone, and it's fucking great, man. I love tried all these guitars. They got some really cool guitars, but I tried this one, and for the sound that I needed for this one song that I'm doing, they, this was the one. So they. They, they just set it up for me and sent it on down. Mm. Yes. Oh. Badass. Oh, I love that. Expensive guitars either. Sawtooth, they're definitely solid. They stay in tune. They they just they sound great. And that was it for that little promo. Oh, but I, I love that. I love that organic thing. That just happened. That's, <laughs> that was awesome. That's what this podcast is, man. I love that. And just that you were handed off the air, like a total TV <laughs> moment. I fucking love that so much. So oh, the the graphics for the the podcast, the intro video, and the the poster for Crazy made my made my made by my buddy uh, Iowa's life. And so I just make sure I want to give him acknowledgement as well in case if I forget. So just thank because we're all excited. So I was making a video that you're gonna watch at the end of this with that poster and there's an audio wave, whatever, and it's playing loudly. And baby brownstone Harrison is just staring at me, smiling with his two bottom teeth. He's like the top. Oh, yeah. I love it because the top ones are growing in a little bit now, but those two bottom teeth are the best. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, uh, they they try to show you their teeth every time they laugh and open up their mouth. They say, oh, man, I love kids. I love kids, man. It's uh, I feel like I'm the last person on the planet to have a kid, so this is uh, you know, such a <laughs> yeah. new experience, and I love that I'm able to incorporate it into this kind of stuff and having people kind of grow up with me and uh, uh, grow up with yeah. him and putting him in GNR onesies. Anyway, I, I, I digress. We'll, we'll talk about GNR plenty onesies. of onesies. <laughs> well, you got GNR onesies. I got to get him... His hair is in a natural mohawk, so I can give oh. him the uh, the Misfits hair. I got to oh, get him like a Danzig or a Misfits onesie to make the outfit complete. 
Yeah, my call my my grandson. He's my little Einstein because the wind blows just right. His hair just all of it comes up and it just sticks <laughs> right up. It's got electricity. Oh, I love it. And here's my uh, my terrible segue. Speaking of hair. Uh, George Lynch has some great hair. I, I I actually asked him when I had him on the uh, I had him on the podcast a while ago. I tried to get him on again. I don't know. I think he just got lost into the ether of my email. All over the place. He's all over doing. I mean, especially right now with the album and his little and his tours. And yeah, no worries. Other guest features and all that. He's just yeah. Yeah, no worries. I mean, he was super nice and he didn't have a ton of G and R stories. So I'm like, okay, you know, if I get him, great. If not next time whatever but i remember specifically because i mean maybe because i'm looking at you i'm i have hair envy still you know uh, uh, oh, no, i've i've adapted the ball look i, I wish well, I, I just like four inches what's that yeah, i just like i just chopped like four inches off the other day i haven't i haven't cut my hair in in literally two years it just didn't grow anymore so i was just like fuck it i don't need to cut it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> so I just wanted to, because he didn't give it out any names. I wasn't looking for any names. It's something that I look at as I age, as we all age, these aging rock stars, and some of them try to look like they're still 20 and hold on to certain things. And whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you need to wear a wig, whatever you need to do, fine. But George is such a lux- luxurious head of hair. Anyway, that's my terrible segue into, yeah. <laughs> into talking about Lynch Mob. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about his hair a little more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did you, I guess, first connect with George? Because what's really cool, you know, let's play this first before mm-hmm. we, we go into the full Lynch Mob conversation. Uh, gotcha. With their, their new album is, uh, is came out, what, in, in August, I believe, right? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Babylon. Yes. Right, Bab- uh, Babylon. It's the first one, and this is a song you're giving us that is only available on the Japan release, correct? Yeah. Uh huh. And what's cool is, what's interesting is, if you don't know, because I found this out through former GNR manager Doug Goldstein about why they do that in Japan. I know. I was wondering that too. It's something to do with it's cheaper to buy an American CD there something in-house like something local so they give you an extra track to try to get you to buy something from japan rather than ordering out you know getting the u.s version of another country so it's an extra incentive to buy their version of it makes sense it's all money yeah and that's why uh it came up with the uh the live era the double cd live era for guns and roses it had coma I believe on only the the Japanese version, but not oh, like wow. on the version that I have. You know the American version, and why? You know, I guess that that that's why. So you've given me the privilege of of another song I got to to play here, which we're gonna do, "Million Miles Away" in acoustic. Anything you want to say before we play it? Uh, this is just my favorite song. It's the, you know, it was the, it's the most modern song, the most modern style production on the album and probably for any Lynch mob or any George Lynch type of song, you know, because it's once again, going back to my son's era of music, you know, when basically the stuff that my son listens to, if you even look at an instrument, you're doing the song wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like everything's done with the pencil on the keyboard, on the Mac, everything's done, you know, with your, with your, with, with a piano keyboard and, and drawing it in and the effects and the reverbs that are used, they get cut and blown up and over, 
you know, just saturated and then cut down. So there's a lot of cool, cool effects that are, that go on in the song that are all this. So it's just a real, real modern production. Right on. So without almost too modern for Lynch Mob, almost too modern for Lynch Mob, but it got there. But it, it just sounds so good. Well, I dig <laughs> it. I think the rest of you will too. So million miles away from Lynch Mob.
I, I love it because when you say acoustic, you don't know what to expect, but that was a fully, like, it's not what I expected from Lynch Mob. I actually kind of like it more more so. You know, when yeah. you were explaining what how your, your son approaches uh, music, and, and someone for, like you who's been in the industry for a while, who's worked with so many different artists like Rihanna and obviously Slash, and uh, how does that make you feel? Do you feel, because we, we saw you just get a guitar off air. You know, does that make you feel... Like the progress is being made or you're kind of being, I don't know, well, are you being phased that, out the old school or is it just like evolution? How do, how do you look at it? Um, well, I feel like modern rock is hardly, it's not even close to like a lot of stuff I'm listening to. It's not, I was like, I'm like, that's mod, that's rock. Mm. You know, it's like, it's very electronic. It's very programmed. Um, even, you know, guitars are cut up and, and so, you know, and then the rock back from you know lynch mob everybody's in the room together everybody's jamming making mistakes together playing parts so it's just a whole other a whole other style of a whole other you know it's just I, you don't get that anymore like most of the stuff these days for instance a million miles away in particular it's george was here tracking on my guitar here for 20 minutes 20 minutes, I was like, here, play 16 bars of that. Okay, play 16 bars of that, play 16 bars of that. And then I had the 16 bar, you know, about eight tracks of 16 bars of George playing stuff, you know, and then I think, go get lunch, you know, and he left the studio and I just arranged the parts into a verse, you know, chorus, bridge, and all these little sections. And, um, and then just made the song out of that and kind of let him do his come in and just do a lead sections over that and then just kind of stack everything and puzzle it together. So it's just a whole other completely a complete way of producing music. And it's a pretty taxing on the producer because these days, you know, you know, when you have the band in the studio, you give everything at one point to the producer and the producer's there kind of helping them produce the album. Mm -hmm. Today it's all post-production, you know. Most like the drummer will send you his drums, <clears throat> bass player sends you his bass parts, line them up. You got to line up everything into the session, and then you got to figure out put endings on the songs, and you know everything's just all discombobulated. So it takes a, a lot. It's a pretty taxing on the producer, you know. So the styles and the, it's just completely different. It know? really begs the kind of an existential question to. You know what is music and and, and what you prefer because a lot of us you know i guess i, I say us of just the rock fan maybe the older rock fan lo likes that like what slash did for his last <laughs> album go in there jamming out flaws and all let's go yeah yeah that's live pretty much right so, live and then mixed yeah exactly but they're just the way music is today as you mentioned and that's what's popular today whether it's rock whatever genre it's after the fact and it's so interesting just coming from radio just thinking that kind of skill set was used to make the radio jingles or to you know this audio yeah now my bell is ringing but that's not a guitar that's probably amazon or diapers <laughs> is baby brownstone sleeping can you get the door all <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, i'll leave it in uh it's just but if it sounds good, it sounds good. But since this is a GNR themed podcast, it's kind of like what they've been putting out recently, where it has been this kind of Frankenstein slash did this, Duff did this, Axel did this X amount of years ago, maybe some new stuff here, and let's put it together. It doesn't sound like it's made in the studio, but it can still sound 
great. It sounds like a song. It's just um, it's just a different mindset. It's a different plan of attack to make music, and I guess it's just preference. Do you ha- so? Do you well, have a preference? Because no, I know what you're. Well, you're, you're I'd using. love to be in the same room getting the yeah. whole band here. You know, especially when there's something like this, like Million Miles Away. The two versions of it are pretty are pretty modern and and very hard to pull off live. You know, because it's such a produced sound. You know, like I find myself like back in the day, like with David Lee Roth and Steve Vai were together, I found myself literally staring at my stereo going, how the fuck did Steve do that? Like, what the hell's going on here? It's so crazy. And now I do the same thing, but I'm like, what is that reverse effect? What is that reverb that they're using? You know, how did they just do that drop? You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's a whole new world, man. I mean, I do most of my productions on the, on a laptop hmm. and it's, and it's you know back in the day, man. You you needed to spend you needed fifty grand, hundred grand for the studio to to get your album recorded, and and that's what you know George Lynch Mob. That's what they that's what they've been used to for so long. But George doesn't get big budgets for for his albums, so he cuts a lot of corners and sends it to you know tries to get it done as you know least expensive as possible. So it kind of gets taxing on the producer because he's got to make ends connect yeah it's 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 on the producer As here's, my, here's my idea and i'm like okay cool so let me fix these notes let me put an ending on the song let me fix the drum fills let me replace the drums because the drums are recorded in my in his bedroom let me <laughs> you know it's just like you can't it's there's so much shit that needs to be done to get an old school rock band that recorded in their own environments to sound like it was recorded in a studio, you know? It, it is taxing. The the unsung hero, the producer, and mm-hmm. just on a, just a lower level, I, I get that as a radio producer where you might deal with a certain host that wants something to sound a certain way or, hey, can you add this and do this? You're like, I, no, you, you, you can't do it. It doesn't sound right or that doesn't, you can't physically do that with audio or certain things that there's a disconnect. Um, but at the same time, like what you mentioned, I have my own ways and, you know, this whole podcast venture has been very new to me coming from FM radio. So there are things I, I take from old school radio, and, but I'll look at the kids coming up now and be like, wow, that's actually a really good idea on how to do that. And I'm learning. So I think you have the right perspective to look at both ends. And I think you, whatever the situation calls for, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you do. At the end of the day, though, no one knows how it was recorded. They just say, oh, this sucks. What a shitty producer. <laughs> or this is amazing. What a great fucking producer. You know what I mean? But no one knows it. I mean, like, from what we started out with to how it ended up on the album, um, 400 hours later, you know, I'm, but was ha- I was like all Christmas, all Thanksgiving, you know, all my family's doing shit, all planning, going places. I'm like, this shit's got to be turned in. Yeah. <laughs> you know but you know at the end of the day when you've got this and then you end up with that regardless of how the end result is it was million miles away from what i started out with and it was and i'm I'm real happy with the way it came out you know oh absolutely getting great reviews and uh i I love thank you for sharing the song because i didn't when i heard the album i I obviously didn't hear that one so this was like, oh, okay. So uh, thank you, Big Chris, for two uh, two songs for this. Uh, thank you, just because I don't always put music into the podcast because sometimes it's 
you never know what you can use. But I like to think if the producer is telling me I can use it, it it's quite uh, all right. Um, yeah. You know, feel free to say whatever you want or don't want to say. I recently had on Don Dockin, the great, mm-hmm. the great Don Dockin, and mm-hmm. it's it's so funny. He's so honest and just there's no beating around the bush. And I asked him the question, kind of comparing, obviously, GNR to Dawkin and the lineup changes and, you know, and him owning the name and how he deals with that. And he kind of just went off. He's like, you know, with, with George, I just needed a guitar player at the time. And, like, we never got along from the first day. There was an interview he did with uh, Chuck Shoot where he said they probably would have been famous earlier if they... Uh, hired Warren uh, Demartini instead of right. George. Like crazy! I'm like Jesus! <laughs> wow! Way to way to really go up and in. So I'm just curious of your the experience of working with with George Lynch. I I, I did watch that Don that Dawkin interview, and I gotta say I agree with a lot of stuff he said. <laughs> I I mean, okay. One I worked I did I did uh, produce George's. Um, uh, instrumental album guitars at the end of the world that's how i i'm actually i i met him i met george because i w- worked on one song um uh for this band in new jersey and terry Elus, the singer from xyz he introduced me to to george and so we did that one song and george said hey can you you know want to do this this instrumental album and so i spent a uh, you know a, a few months working on that album with george and you know George is a really nice guy, man. You know he's funny. He's kind of you know, witty, funny. You know his wife was really nice, and you know we got along really good. And you know, and he he'd say you know I'd come up with really cool ideas for him every now and then because he doesn't really know what he's doing when he starts down to to write. I mean, if he's got his little his little chalkboard, and he's like, what I would do for both albums is pretty much the same. I would, uh, he'd send me a bunch of songs that he really liked and I'd just go through them and I'd be like, okay, so I'd program some drum beats here in my studio just so we could add something to start working from when we went over to, when I went over to his studio. <clears throat> and then sometimes it would just be off the cuff and then he would just start jamming and I'd play the key, the drums while he's jamming and we just kind of come up with little parts. But, um, you know, and it went really, it went quick, you know, you know, he doesn't really put too much thought into what he's doing. He just does it. And hey, it sounded good. Hey, did you record that? Thank God, because I'm not going to do that one again. <laughs> you know, and it went well. You know, we got along really good. Um, as as we got back, let me just say, as we got to the end of the Lynch Mob album, I was when I saw the docking thing, and I was like, yeah, this guy, George, George is a interesting person. He's got a selective memory. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me leave it at that. Because I really ain't got nothing more to say about okay. George. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. At this, at this point, I may come back. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. And this is, um, I know, a tricky question, but I think it will go into our conversation about, uh, you know, Chester and everything we talk about. Uh, that George had mentioned that he didn't, he was thinking about not using the, the lynch mob name anymore because of the racial, right. uh, racial tones. Mm-hmm. And people can feel free to whatever your opinion is, opinion is of, you know, falling to the quote unquote woke mob or PC mob or right. him just showing understanding and appreciation of it and just realizing it's a different time. Do you have any 
thoughts on that on the name because it's his name it's it's not exactly. I, I mean listen i'm a i'm a jewish mexican i'm a jexican or mexican <laughs> i mean i'm not racist by any means and you know what's the past is the past obviously people are still hurting from the past and people dwell on that and people are like oh my god that's so wrong though you know but that's the dude's last name all right so he put mob it's a fucking cool name you know who gives a shit what people think you know what i mean it's just, i can't i i i have a hard time not commenting on certain posts when yeah. people talking about that shit i'm just like Ugh. there's two things there's two things that bug me that really in life and that's people going too far into the history and bringing it back when we know we're in a different time mm. and, different, and religion i can't i can't <laughs> i'm spiritual i believe in god i talk to god you know i still i have my own relationship I don't need to listen to a Christian. I don't need to listen to the Jews. I don't need to listen to Muslims. I don't need to listen to Hindus. I don't need any of it. I mean, if it's all the same thing. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, as you know, I'm Jewish, you know, raised Jewish, although I'm like, I'm a terrible Jew. I'm like a Jerry Seinfeld Jew. I'm like not practicing. I'm just all the stereotypes. Uh, but I just believe that everyone, we're all human. The sun is going to explode one day. We're all going to be gone. Like it's, we're just all the same species and none of us I feel really know the answer we're just here trying to enjoy this life we've been giving assuming we're not in the matrix you know right. so I, I that's how I, I am and if, if, if people want to believe I have friends that are religious and different you know different sex and that's that's great you know I, I have no problem with that I'm certainly not gonna tell anybody what to believe or what not to believe just you know, just be a good person. That's I think at the end of the day is just be a good person. All the same thing, man. It's all humans trying to explain what no one really can under can explain. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's I think it's it's great for us to talk about. That's part of the human experience. So let's talk about it. That's 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 good. You know, uh, and this also lends itself. And I guess I hate the fact that I have to mention this, but I know there were also because you mentioned comments that sometimes just make you go. Because uh, I've had to put up disclaimers on videos where um, Dave Navarro is talking about the losses of Chester and Chris Cornell and I get these comments about conspiracy theories look I, I know I have and I'm gonna on this briefly because I don't want to call attention to it but I, I just get too many comments on it to know that it's gonna be out there if I see any comments about the conspiracy theory I'm going to delete them not because I'm part of the conspiracy, but this is not the time or the place. Uh, we are here to celebrate the life of of Chester Bennington with this song release. That's that's we wanted out there to hear his voice, to hear his lyrics again was kind of healing to me. Um, because here's the connection: why I feel like I maybe I take it too personally. It, I don't know. I I think I've spoken to you about I, this. I mean. I, I saw the rumors. I, I it crossed my mind. You know what I mean. But I don't know enough to even go either way. You know what I mean. Well, here's the thing. Let's just say you want to go into it, and, and let's just say, for argument's sake, it had legs. You know. Again, time and place. And as someone, okay, here's the comparison. As somebody whose own dad, like as Chester and Chris Cornell has have children, right? My dad had children. 
my dad committed suicide. The same way as Chris and Chester 10 years ago. It's been 10 years. To show you where your life can go in 10 years, where not only was he, he lost his life from depression 10 years ago, I was suicidal. Now I'm married with a kid. Couldn't be happier. Hey. So many things can happen in 10 years. Like it's, yep. it's crazy. So that's what I want to focus on. And I remember once it was maybe a few, maybe a month after my dad died, whatever. And my dad was a dentist, not a public figure, not going to have articles written about him. None of that. It was like on some, uh, you know, review thing for his dental practice on just Google, whatever. I don't, I don't know why I was just Googling stuff about my dad. And I saw somebody comment, how can I leave a review for a dead guy? And, you know, perhaps if that was like in a South Park episode or a Simpsons episode and it was a joke, I have a weird sense of humor. So I can appreciate the weird senses of humor. But that obviously triggered me. It really made me angry. So Chester's, I've seen his children, like, don't, it upsets them. Why they lost their dad in a horrific way. Whatever way you want to believe, you believe that happened, good for you. But their children are still alive. There are people still suffering from that loss and will continue to suffer from that loss for the rest of their lives. So the comments, all you're doing is just fueling that, the, 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 the mourning process. If you have any information, you know, go to the police, go to the government. If you think you're so smart, do that. So anyway, I feel like, I, I forgive me, I, I hate that I needed to say this. Oh. Yes, that was. That I, was I, I guess I, I hate, but I know I'm going to get those comments, and I, I, I'm I'm going to delete them. So I'm doing this as a you know pre, I'm doing this uh, in advance instead of me just randomly deleting them. People wondering where their comments went, or me putting up my own comments. Let me say it within the conversation, so you know why, you know why. So maybe I'm taking it too personally because I lost my dad the same way. Maybe I am. So fuck me. Just don't do it. I'm going to delete them. <laughs> Anywho, uh, anything, anything else you want to get out about Lynch Mob before we make the complete transition to the uh, Chester slash combo? Uh, no, just to you know, um, the whole album process was 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 great. It was great working with everybody. You know, Jaron Gelino, the bass player, he was he has really bionic ears, and he was he was crucial to my QC. You know, because mm. after a day of mixing and doing stuff and. You know, my ears were just shot. He's like, you know, there's a pop at one minute, two seconds. There's another little clip at one minute and 36 seconds. And he would go through every, like, by the time I had all these songs almost, like, ready to master, I literally had to go back into the songs a good five or six times because the dude just kept hearing things. And I was like, really, dude? And he's like, I was like, tell me the exact time. Right go back and I'm like, sure enough, there's a little clip right there. And I was like, damn, dude. So he was crucial in the, in the, in the QC. And, you know, it was just a pleasure working with, with Gabe Cologne. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's got some heavy shoes to fill. You know, everybody's talking about Oni and Mason and, but you know, Gabe's got his own sound and, and he, he's, he's, a, he's a great singer. He's good for the band. I think this is the, uh, the last lynch mob, right? Is he, he's not going to do it anymore. Uh, well, could be. Maybe, maybe. Oh yeah, depends like, on how. Like, knows? like the last Kiss uh, tour. Yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. They'll do we'll something. See. They're not going to win away. It, it may not be the final tour, but they're going to do stuff. Like I'm, that. I mean, as long as Lynch's got his, you know, got people buying tickets to go see Lynch Mom, it ain't their last show. Yeah, uh, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, 
just the super cool and congrats on that that record i know uh you were uh, excited about it and you know it just sounds great it really sounds great and uh, oddly enough my favorite is the acoustic song that you're on thank you thank you i i, I hope the the old school fans like it you know because you know it's 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 not produced it's not recorded the same way not produced the same way it's a you know this different singer you know he's not trying to fill anybody's shoes he's just his own sound you know and yeah everybody's going to find a comparison and try to bring it back to the old school but you know he, it, it is what it is it's just it's um it's the evolution of the band you sure. know sound you know sure absolutely so uh let's make the the full transition to the the chester slash uh song crazy now i love we spoke about it at length because you worked also with fergie correct yeah yeah it's funny because uh you know for that whole year i was i i you know slash we, we had probably been working scoring that movie for uh, it's called this is not a movie <laughs> with edward furlong and oh. you know and and i think you can see clips I, I don't know what happened with the movie but um i feel like i've seen it on tubi but anyway so you know we worked on that one for about uh, almost a year and then we we'll transitioned into the solo into a solo album and he was just bringing he brought fergie over to my house he brought chester he brought um uh, avenge sevenfold was the uh, uh, M shadows shadows you know so i had just all these people coming over my house like at one point you know would slash would come over and we'd be in the session and my wife would come home from work and she'd walk into the house she'd be like who the fuck is smoking in my oh hey slash <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like oh, <laughs> See, you know and then come over she's like and i and, and and she'd be looking at her nails and i was like hey my wife does nails and she's like oh really so she'd go into the living room and they'd go have some tea and she'd do her nails and come out i was like it was just a cool setup and then me and slash would go take little breaks and go to van nuys boulevard which is this van nuys and sherman way which is pretty slummy i mean it's pretty ghetto you know we just go eat tacos you know he's like the coolest slash is the coolest dude like he's so not famous you know what i mean he's He's like he's just a very honest, very um, he's genuine. You know, he is a guy. You know what I mean? He likes to hang out. He loves the ghetto. He loves tacos. He loves the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's like when he come up, when he come, you know, you could you could see the hill, the Hollywood Hills, and you can basically almost see where he lived from my old house, right? And he'd come down to my house and he'd walk in there, and, you know, fucking major street going by there. It's just and um. And he got it. I like this place. <laughs> Is your wife home? And I'm like, no. He's like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then one time, one time we were in a session, we took a break. And he came into the living room and um, and he saw my son's the Guitar Hero guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was huge. And he saw it there. It was all white. And so he pulls out his marker from his jacket and he picks up the guitar and he starts doing the skull and crossbones and that fucking just going to town on it. And my son, who was probably eight at the time, walks out and sees him doing it. He's like, stop, what are you doing? That's brand new. He <laughs> and no yeah, so he puts his pen back in, puts the guitar back down. <laughs> and my son spent like, and my son literally, he spent probably about a week trying to clean it up. No. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, you're going to regret that one day. Oh, he probably, he does now, right? To this day, he's like, you 
piece of shit. You never made me keep that on there. <laughs> oh wow, that's too funny. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Man, those are those are funny interactions with your family, and uh, yeah, I, I love yeah. those stories. Oh, that's that, that, that's brilliant. Uh, so yeah, when you offered to give me this song, crazy, you know, it, it just kind of came out of left field, and it just reminds me of just everything that I loved about Chester. I love his voice. I loved his voice. So, um, so, it, raw. The whole song is raw. You know what I mean? It's like you know what's what's crazy is that this is i feel like this is the song guns N' roses fans want you know yeah, it, I, I just i didn't produce it you know what i mean i just want it it's a demo you know i really just wanted to keep it the demo as possible have it sound as good as possible but keep it the demo that it was you know okay and, and, so i guess know. so how would it because they never completed it so i guess how did you complete it because you went in there and um, so I gotta, okay. give me the technical terms of because well, I don't want to say hey this is a, an official new song and, and Slash gave yeah. you permission to, to share this but like how yeah, Slash, how would you categorize it yeah when I called Slash told him I was doing the interview and you know I think every, every interview and at least 10 at least 10 or 15 uh, comments a month hey what's up with that video with that song hey you guys are gonna release that song i'm like dude i can't i would i don't know i don't it's not my song you know it's not I'm, so just you know that last minute when we were gonna when we when i found out we were gonna do this lynch mob thing i said slash you know all these people always asking me every interview it comes up and he's i was like do you mind if i play the song and he's like he's like i, I don't know i don't care <laughs> and i texted him a couple of the day before yesterday just to make sure Are you sure it's everything's cool we're not gonna you know and he's like sure go ahead so so here we are and you know and you know, so back in 2010 you know chester came in to do the demo he only did a, a verse in the chorus and a couple of other little ad-lib things and and then when we found out it wasn't he couldn't release it you know it just got shelved and that's when lemmy came on to it turn it into Dr. Alibi. But um, then it just sat there for a while. And then, of course, you know, terribly, you know, Chester committed suicide. And that was, you know, the end of that. And then fast forward another few years and I found the song again, but it had the one verse and the chorus and some of his other little things. And so I had to take his first verse and create a harmony on it and put that on the second verse. Mm. So it's basically how I finished the song, you know, everything else is, was there. <clears throat> But um, you know, Slash on that song, he, he, I can picture him with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, you know, the smoke and the, everything. You know, it's just that's that type of song, you know, and and definitely old school GNR fans. I think are gonna, I can dig it. Oh, I mean, totally. Uh, before this podcast of me just being a fan, because Lincoln Park became popular, maybe my last year of high school, freshman year of college. I actually fortunate enough to have seen them. It was one of my, I don't know, it wasn't my first, it was like my first, I went to a lot of concerts my, my first couple of years of college. It was them, Cypress Hill, and Edema at uh, Nassau Coliseum. Cypress Hill, my God. Be Real because comes out with a five-foot bong on stage. <laughs> Love that man. Love that man. Uh, but with Chester, you know, I was, <laughs> the, I guess go back down this route. I was depressed before I knew I was depressed. I sound like a South Park episode. But I really didn't understand. I thought I was just being emo or not getting the girl or whatever it is. But there was so much about Chester's lyrics that I identified with 
with breaking the habit or crawling crawling or a lot of these it was just uh, the first singer since like axel i felt like whoa you're really getting what i i feel and the the rasp in his voice was like axel's so it was just like this is a i don't know this is like an axel for my generation that's how i i felt so when he left us a year after chris cornell and then you know after uh, my dad and, and robin williams which was a year after my dad i'm just like man the hits keep coming i'm like am i going to survive this of all these people who are supposed to give the rest of us hope so right. i think that's important to say because you deal with a lot of rock stars too and i saw this comment on just some random troll and a random uh metal site commented because duff uh put out a new solo album he's very active about talking about mental health and his anxiety issues and all that and this one comment was like boo hoo I wish I can have his life a millionaire traveling the world with his model wife you don't get it you don't get it and that's what upset me a lot you know it upsets me uh, why well, I didn't get with my dad at first why he was even depressed I'm like you have four kids you're a successful dentist all this it's what Dave Navarro said no amount of money, fame, girl, anything is going to replace trauma. None of that is. So what I think what people need to understand still, it doesn't matter. We're lucky that Slash is still here. We're lucky that yeah. a lot of these rock stars are still here. We've lost a ton, but there are a lot Slash more. <laughs> You're right. He did. He did die once. <laughs> I mean, the whole GNR crew, we are lucky that all of them are alive. What I learned uh, by watching, you know, I... I'm the the late my my studio used to be called uh, Mood Swing Records, and then when I started working with Slash, you know, all of these people, like started all these rockers, they either had been in rehab or needed to be in rehab, started coming here. So I changed my studio to the rehab, right. and um, you know, and and just learning, watching everybody that's come through here and hanging out with these people, and I've learned that you're lucky when money is your only problem. <clears throat> You are absolutely lucky if, if money is your only problem because, you know, these people live with their own heads. You know, it's not when they're here talking with people, when they're discussing, when they're hanging out with friends, when they're writing songs, when they're producing something. It's a whole other world than when they're driving in their car by themselves or where they get home and they close the door and yeah. they're there by themselves. You know, there's a lot more that goes on than fame and fortune. That's 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 a certain time of day you know what i mean it's such a lazy take it really is you know the 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 highs of being adored by millions but some you know you can get imposter syndrome or when you go home and you're just hitting that low of us all the quiet it's it it takes a lot on on the human body and look these i understand these people aren't going to war but there are wars going on inside our head and i'm if there's anything i take from the time from when my dad passed to now because I've just noticed specifically since Robin Williams passed because it's like whoa he was the happiest per- person on the planet the entire mental health conversation has changed you see commercials for it you see apps for it this stuff was not around when my dad was around it's not so I'm glad the conversation has changed uh, and now that now with the, um, the, the organization Rock to Recovery you know, they, they're, they're, first of all, there's like 50,000 suicides a year. And of those 50,000, it's 40,000 of them are men. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and you know, I so, know but that. anyway, there's the, the rock to recovery is 
you know, it takes, you know, these people, you know, with drug addiction, maybe with spinal injuries, just maybe people with just t depression, and it puts them in a room with other people, other musicians and non-musicians that have the same problem, and they write songs. They, they create a song together, and they take their experiences, and they put them into the songs, and then they record the songs. That's what Rock to Recovery does. So, you know, and, 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 and writing music and music, it, you know, has the same, creates the same endorphins in, in your head as the drugs did. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different, like a real cigarette and a vape cigarette. Okay, whatever, you know, it's, but you get used to it, and it helps, man. I, I agree. Um, this podcast has helped me. It started out from depression, me trying to do something creative and not just be in my mind all the time and just do work because I don't look at this as work. This is what I love. So this is hey. this has helped me. Um, I'm assuming, I think that's why Slash always tours. I think it's because it's replacing his addiction, right? Yeah, he can't sit at home. I do. Yeah, he can't stay at home. Once he's off tour with this, he starts tour with that. <laughs> so, I mean, to to put that that energy into something that was so negative and dangerous and scary, to something so positive and puts all this wonderful vibes in, and the people all over the world is just. If Slash could do it. I think anybody could do dude, it. If Slash can do it, anyone can do it. That dude was. I heard you know uh, Adler was was telling me a story how. Um, Slash was at his house once and they were doing a bunch of heroin and watching porn and uh, and um, uh, Adler was walking back into the house and Slash was just in his shorts leaning against the wall on the floor stabbing himself trying to find a vein and he just picked him up and he's like and I picked him up and we went into the living room and we just finished watching the porn <laughs> Like we, I mean, and then, you know, and then, um, you know, Slash, I mean, he died once, you know, and and his wife, uh, his friends would bring him cigarettes and his with his leather jacket while he's in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. uh, some friends. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. If I mean, and now, I mean, I watched. I mean, I watched him smoke his last cigarette, you know, and put it. He never did drugs again. He never smoked again. He never drank again. I mean, he's still. I mean, he's still an alcoholic, drug addict. He just doesn't do it anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Focus on other things. You know, and he's just uh, man. I'm that guy's an inspiration you know, at all levels. He really is. I I I really hope I get the chance to speak with him uh, myself one of these days. But um, how is Chester as a person? He's somebody that I just I will never have a chance, unfortunately, to speak. I with. didn't know Chester other more than the couple of hours we were together at my studio. You know, he was you know very nice guy, obviously, but I don't I didn't really go down that that road or ask any questions. You know, anything as far as like his vocal uh, approach, anything <laughs> interesting that you, you the way he, I can't believe he's still got a voice. I can't believe he had that voice. You know, just screaming like that. Do it. It's just so natural the way it comes out, and it was it was a pleasure watching him do it. You know what I mean? And it just. He didn't. I thought for sure he's gonna lose his voice by the end of, the, of that first verse. But you know, any warm ups? Because I'm always reminded of the story that um, another producer, Eric Valentine, told about mm -hmm. another song on that album with Chris Cornell, "Promise." And he's uh, like, Chris is like, this is gonna sound really bad at first, and then he's he's got to like warm it up, and then then he said when he got to his where he want, the place he wanted to be, he was the loudest person he's ever recorded 
ever. Right. So I'm he's, just, I love hearing that kind of stuff about how the person just comes in and did he need him to warm up or he was just like screaming right away. Chester was writing. He wrote it right there. I think it was pretty quick. And, and when Chester writes, you know, I mean, everything that comes out is always it's it's reality for him mm. you know and it's not just a lyric you know what i mean especially like on this on this song crazy you can i mean shit's going down in his head you know what i mean and it's and i just i watched this one interview he basically it's all his conversations with his bands and all his demons in his own mind you know he's left him by himself you know making these problems way bigger than they should have been in his own head you know what i mean and not just going for a lot of people that happens you know you go through all the problems in your head and it just keeps building in your head but you're not focused on the moment which regardless of whether you got the problem or not you're gonna die in some years you know what i mean and you're gonna you know everything everybody goes through the same shit it's just some people just focus too much and can't get out of that you know what i mean that's taken uh a big it's taken a lot of work for me to do that uh, mm -hmm. i think now with my son i've taken the opportunity being like i gotta live in the moment now because everyone says how quick it goes i'm like i gotta be present i don't want to think about him in first grade yet or college or any of that i gotta be in the moment and that reminds me of one of the, the Linkin Park's last album, and it kind of lends itself to how he was still depressed that the song Heavy, that was a single, that a lot of fans didn't like it first because it wasn't typical Linkin Park, and I didn't at first either, but now I love this song because I, right. I gave it the proper listen. And man, just like he was speaking, like he w cracked open my head, and he's like, why is everything so heavy? You know, why, it's just... Er I just felt everything he was saying, and his, his lyrics are like that. So to get this, I know you had to do some Frankensteining, but just to have this song out in, in the ether and to be able to listen to it and his voice and his lyrics again. So thank you so much for being able to, to share it on this podcast with us because yeah, uh, we, we miss him, man. Yeah. Thanks a uh, lot. Yeah, so um, any anything else, that any other projects that you have oh, in, in the works? There's a movie called Rock Bottom. Okay. Which is awesome. It's, it's awesome. We just, it's finished. We I um, produced uh, tw was it twelve songs for the movie, and it's like this '80s band. They go on tour. They get their big shot to open up for the biggest group in the world, and they're backstage. You know, getting a, the drummer and the and the bass player, one of those two, get into a fight just as the lead singer for the band that they're opening up for comes in to wish them good luck and they swing and they accidentally hit the singer and so the singer gets in a fight with them and they get kicked off the tour and they all got to get real jobs for 18 years <laughs> and then they back and form together and they form the band so it's going to be a real it's one of those real it's going to be a really funny movie and that's um um with what's his name uh oh it's good jake bon jovi's in it um tom tom everett or yeah tom everett's in it um jake bon jovi yeah, it's his first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's he's in it. Um, uh, Tom Everett, uh, Tila Dunn. Um, this is, and the director, uh, <laughs> um, Todd Tucker. He is also the drummer in the movie. Great, great. It's gonna. It's a really funny movie. And um, Terry Elise from X Y Z, uh, along with Todd and. Toshi Yanagi, he's the guitar player for the Tonight Show, oh. or the, is no, it's not the Tonight Show. 
what with, with Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel show. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and they, they, they wrote the songs. So it's a really, it's tons. It's very music oriented. It's eighties. It's kind of, I, it's just a great movie coming out here in January. January. But, okay. Well, that, that's awesome. Very, very, very cool. Yeah. I didn't even realize Jake Bon Jovi cause, uh, he, what is he? He's, uh, is he married to now? The, the chick from uh, stranger things. Or they're, yes, they're I think they're getting married, or they are. They they're either getting married or they are married. Millie Bobby but Brown, yeah, she's not in it though, right? No, no. I'm just, I'm waiting for the new Stranger Things. I'm excited for that. The, lot of the last season. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. lot of things. So that's gonna be that's gonna be really cool. I'm really excited about that. No, that sounds. I mean, that sounds like my kind of movie, like coming of age yeah, rock yeah. story. Oh, you want to yeah. help me uh, introduce the the song, Baby Brownstone? Oh, I can see. As promised. Come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. Oh, he's a big boy. What's up, little dude? Let me spin this down. This camera. He's got a shirt that says Daddy's Mini. What's up, little dude? Oh, I could see how he'd have a little mohawk, huh? Yeah, look at that. <laughs> you could spike that up for Halloween, oh, did you? We did. Well, we tried to. <laughs> we tried to. We, we actually got um, Baby Safe uh, hair gel to spike it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's funny. I... Oh. Go ahead, buddy. Sorry. Oh, he, oh he burped. What are you, Howard Stern? <laughs> oh, so cute, man. Oh, I, God, I love babies. The babies love me. It's when they turn about nine or ten that I start getting weird. <laughs> I, I just can't wait for him to really respond to more music other than the male song from Blues Clues, you know? Oh, man. I bring my I bring my grandson in here and I just let him, I let him make little beats and push his fingers. He just goes, he goes crazy in here. Yeah. Did you get, I saw a commercial for this the other day. It looks like a Fisher-Price, like, uh, DJ mixer. Like, where it has the turntables, a little toy microphone. It uh, had, and I saw a commercial of, like, like a one-year-old playing with that. I gotta get him one of those. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. Get him started. Like they got the pianos with the colors and the numbers on them, and you just start playing one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, and then they start. It's really, really helpful. <laughs> he loves yeah. to play. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, well, God, he's just. Brown, I, I'm so happy to hold him right now. Sorry, I, I got. Baby I have a dad moment. Yeah, his nickname, his radio name, is Baby Brownstone. <laughs> I mean, because I'm Brandon Brando. Uh, right, right. I mean, Harrison Rex is a cool name, but I mean, if it's a Guns N' Roses themed podcast, got to keep right. it, got to keep <laughs> it, you know, got to keep it sleazy. Got to keep it sleazy. <laughs> uh, and there are some people that think I named him uh, Brownstone. No, <laughs> did not name him after uh, uh, a housing project or heroin. No, I did not do that. Because right. <laughs> here's the thing, you know, where did you get uh, your son's name, Sage? Because I was not going to name him Axel. I couldn't be that oh, that's brand. A that's a good question because. Um, Okay, so one day before we had a kid, I've, before we way before we had a kid, um, I met Sage Stallone at, at IHOP in Sunset Boulevard, and you know we were talking a little bit. It was you know totally you know getting down for about ten minutes, you know, and then we went our own ways. Um, and then about a month later, I walking into Seven Eleven, and there I saw Sage Stallone there again, and um, you know talking a little bit, and then fast forward to about a six or seven or eight months later, me and my wife are taking a trip to Philly to go visit my family. And there's Sage Stallone on the plane right in front of us. And we were like, holy shit. 
this is crazy. And then we were in Philly for about a week and a half. We came back there, say saloon on the plane, coming back. We were like, what the fuck? Then that New Year's, we were in Vegas, millions of people. I'm pulling on a slot machine, and there I hear, I hear Chris. I turn around, and that's Saint Stallone, and the millions of people that are there. And we were like, if we ever have a son, we're going to name him. If we ever have a son or a daughter, we're going to name him Sage. Oh. And it kind of, you know, so it just came from that. Oh, that's that's funny. Us, we met in the middle of uh, Guns N' Roses and her favorite band, Dave Matthews, on the Beatles. So after uh, Harrison, George Harrison, we had Harrison. And he wanted a short name. I'm ready to smile. Yeah, Harrison Rex. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until after the fact that we I, I remembered um, Rex Harrison, the the famous actor. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, the old school days of like My Fair Lady, you know, oh, uh, the Clark yeah. Gable days. You know, I, I used to watch terrible. a lot of I used to watch a lot of Turner Classic movies with my grandma. So, I used to watch all the Twilight Zones. That's about as old. I, I got that's a, that's the style that I watched. The oh. Twilight all the Twilight Zones from back in the day. Okay. No, I, I I've seen Casablanca like four times and Gone with the Wind. So she, my grandma, had, my grandma, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but she had like a hard on for Clark Gable. So, oh, <laughs> I had, yeah, I'm shallow when it comes to my movies. Oh, it's very okay. Oh, it's okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, that that's where he got his name from, and that kind of lends itself to uh, segueing into the end of the episode and playing crazy, because here very we are in 2023 where we have a new Beatles song. So, a new one. Yeah. Have you heard it yet? Are you, is this new to you? I'm in my own little world over here. Oh. I'm either listening to rough mixes or I'm referencing something that I need to hear. Well, when you can, listen to the new Beatles song, Now and Then. And it features all four members. And it was like an wow. unfinished song for from John. And, of course, some AI was used in some production thing. But it's all, all four of them. Uh, and it's really sweet, the video. You see the current version of, uh, of Ringo and Paul playing alongside the older versions of... Uh, of oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 know, it's it, sad, it, but it makes you feel good at the same time. You know, if I had AI back when we did, you know, before we finished Crazy, maybe the second verse would have been the movie. Maybe, but this is what we got now. So, I mean, here 2023, we're going to get a, a, a new slash... Chester Bennington, Matt Starr, Doug Pinnock song called Crazy. This is the only place to hear it is on this podcast. And you mentioned it before with Rock to Recovery. Now, I wanted to put this out. We wanted to put this out, not just for our own benefit. Hey, look what Chris is working on. Hey, this is Appetite for Distortion. Look, it's on this podcast. Want to do it right by Chester? Oh, my widow. I'm sick, and I think I got him sick, or vice versa. Oh. We're both coughing, so I'm glad I got through this episode without hacking up a lung. <laughs> but we wanted to do this episode right and this and do right by Chester the song right. So we are partnering up with uh, for Rock, with Rock to Recovery. And yeah, please, like if you can, I mean, go check out Rock to Recovery. They're amazing. They, I mean, you, you just see. I mean, like I said, musicians, non-musicians. <laughs> And go there you use music to recover you know and it's and when you come out on the other side you're 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 much you're a better person you know and a wiser person and frankly wisdom is a bitch to obtain <laughs> so i i know this is you know something that chester believed in and so it's not like i make money off youtube which is not a lot you make what i think like a dollar for every thousand views so whatever money we do make from this episode, I'll absolutely give a large portion of that to the charity. I mean, if it's something crazy amount, like, well, we'll see. I would love to 
have it be, a, I guess, pun intended, crazy amounts, and then I, you know, give the full amount. But I don't really make much money off it. But that's whatever I can give, whatever you can give. Stream this, this episode, the song, a bunch of times, so we can uh, donate in Chester's name to Rock to Recovery. So uh, or just go to Rock to Recovery, check it out, and you know you can donate tax deduct tax yeah. deduct. That as well. Either way, just uh, thank you. And they got another show. They got a. They got a. There's a. They, they're putting on another big show on, on, in Hollywood Boulevard. Um, um, I can't remember the name of the theater, but um, there's lots of stars there. Going to be doing some really good music. Um, I think that's August. Sometime in August. I think August 23rd. If you get on, if you can check it out. August 23rd. Okay. I think Baby Brownstone has had enough. He wants to eat the microphone. Do you want to eat it? Everything goes in their mouths. He's finally having some solid foods, sweet potato and, and all that. Well, food. you know, solid foods means that means them diapers are going to get a lot bigger and it ain't the baby shit no more. Yeah, we had an episode yesterday, didn't we? We had an episode yesterday. Got an explosion. <laughs> One of these days, because I keep saying it. Yeah. He's going to shit on me during an episode. But oh, man. It's going to be great TV. My son, one day, my son was, he must have been about three years old, and he, I'm in the kitchen cleaning some dishes, and he brought this perfectly little round, I don't know, I thought it was a Cocoa Puff. <laughs> and I was like rolling it in my finger. I was like, this is so interesting. I was oh, like, what is it? I said to him, and his mom, his mom was just laughing at me, trying to figure out what I had in my hand. <laughs> oh, none of that. I feel like I need gloves with this guy half the time, but that's okay. Oh, and I uh, used, uh, I, I, I tweeted this out. I, I ran out of towels to, for his wipe up his formula spit. Uh, so I had to use my 2002 Chinese Democracy banner. Uh, bandana, rather. Andy. <laughs> Never thought I would use that to clean up uh, baby regurgitation. You knew you got it for something back then. Just couldn't figure out. <laughs> exactly. Life is crazy. So with, uh, with that said, going to end the episode. Wait, this guy, he wants to end it. So we're going to end the episode again with uh, Chester Bennington and, and Slash. He just pushed the microphone away from me. Oh, you're going to be a funny sidekick when, as you get older. He's the next DJ. Yeah, so uh, so enjoy the song. I've enjoyed it. Enjoyed it several times. Enjoy it several times. Stream it, please. It's the only place to hear it. Uh, it's right here on the Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Yeah.